So this morning, we are moving on in the Gospel of Matthew. Um, last week, uh, we heard from the Gospel of Matthew about the arrival of the wise ones, the magi from the east. They followed a star, they worshipped a king, and then were told that they set off to home by another way. This morning, we're going to finish that story that Matthew tells us about the infancy and early childhood of Jesus. And uh, it's very condensed for Matthew. And for any of the Gospels, we know very little about uh, Jesus's uh, childhood. But here this morning, we're just going to hear, <coughs> excuse me, a brief part of it. So to, um, to share in this, this end of the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 2, has three little stories that are put together. So I'm going to read them individually, and you're going to help tell uh, the story and actually help preach the sermon this morning on what we know about Joseph and Mary, what we know about Jesus, what we know about God's will for them and for us. So uh, in between these scriptures that I will share, the first one you will uh, share with us off a screen, and whether you're home or here in the sanctuary, a psalm reading, we have a prayer of confession, and then we end with a hymn. So a little bit different than our usual pattern. As we begin this uh, scripture passage, though, we need a, a little reprise of last week's episode. So as I said last week, we ended with the arrival of the wise men. Uh, and our final words from scripture last week were, were, this, were these. Having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. And we pick up today in Matthew chapter 2, beginning with verse 13, 13 through 15. Now, after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up. Take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. Ah, Another angel, another dream. An angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, telling him not to be afraid. He has heard that before, right? Not to be afraid, uh, but that to go. Take Mary and the baby Jesus. The wise men had also been warned in a dream not to return to Herod. And so now, this Lord appears to Joseph, and Joseph leaves with the family to go to Egypt. What do we know about Joseph? We talked about him earlier in Advent. What do we know about him? That he was a righteous man, he was right with God. That this Holy One recognized the word of God, right? He knew it wasn't just a random dream. He recognized the guidance and the protection that his Lord God wanted to offer him. So he got up and took the child and the child's mother by night and they fled to Egypt just as he had been told. You have to wonder, well, we know why he didn't just say, oh, it's just a dream. 
We know it was because Joseph had an intimacy with God. Joseph was one who would have known the stories from what we call the Old Testament, from the Torah, from the prophets, from the Psalms. He would have known these stories about how God had spoken to others through dreams. And he would have known and claimed the Psalms of God's protection for him and for his new young family. So I'm going to invite us now, all of us, to share in a reading of a psalm of protection that over the centuries is dear to all of us. Psalm 23. So as the words unfold on the screen, I want you to think about these as you share in them. I want you to think about joining with Joseph. Isn't that amazing? That it might have been the actual psalm that went through Joseph's mind as he took baby Jesus and, and uh, Mary as he fled for safety, knowing that he was always shepherded. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Can you imagine those words of comfort and strength to Joseph as he took this family, knowing that God was with him, the good shepherd? So Mary and Joseph and the baby escape, but the terror of Herod's reign does not stop. So I read to you now these next verses. Verses uh, 16 through 18 of Matthew 2. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated. And he sent and killed all the children in around Bethlehem who were two years old or younger, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. And then was fulfilled... What had been spoken through the prophet Jeremiah, a voice was heard in Ramah, wailing in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they were no more. Sounds very much like the horrors of the Pharaoh that we read about in Exodus at the time of Moses' birth. When Herod instructs the midwives to kill all the baby boys born to the Hebrew women. The horror of both those biblical stories, but if only they could have been just back then. If only it could be an ancient tale. But we know that that isn't true. That the work of Herod the Great is not the last reign of terror, not the last massacre of the innocents. Over the centuries, 
into our own. We as a world have seen the Holocaust, the genocide in Rwanda, the murderous assault of people in Africa through slavery. This is hard word, right? I have to tell you, I don't think I've ever, ever, ever preached on this passage because it is so tragic. And that's on me, not on you. Because we know that today there are children at risk in our own communities as well as around the world. At risk because of poverty, hunger, abuse, racism, exploitation, right? And we look away. We pretend not to see. I think we have grown to be a people, at least in our country, who quickly go to who's to blame, whose fault it is. When I do believe that our first response needs to be lament, to join with Rachel and all those throughout the centuries to weep, you know, to feel that sorrow. That is the beginning of our confession, right? to weep with Rachel and with all the mothers and fathers and families over these centuries, to lament, and then to confess our sin, to confess our complicity with the suffering of the world, whether we knew it or not, whether we know it or not, and then out of that confession to find ourselves forgiven, and move forward in ways that will end the suffering of children and bring God's kingdom on earth. So I invite us now to just pause and offer the prayer of confession and receive the words of forgiveness that we might, like Joseph and his family, move on. Oh Lord, we confess our day-to-day -day failure to be truly human. Lord, we confess to you. Lord, we confess that we often fail to love with all we have and are, often because we do not fully understand what loving means, and often because we are afraid of risking ourselves. Lord, we confess to you. Lord, we cut ourselves off from each other and we erect barriers of division. Lord, we confess to you. Lord, we confess that by silence and ill-considered word, we have built up walls of prejudice. Lord, we confess that by selfishness and lack of sympathy, we have stifled generosity and left little time for others. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Help us to listen to your word of forgiveness, for we are very deaf. Come, fill this moment, and free us from sin. Amen. It's hard to just move on, but that is what the story tells us, that we are in Christ forgiven and that we, like Joseph, Mary, and the baby, move on. The passage that ends these words about 
Jesus' birth and infancy in Matthew are these. Reading from Matthew 2, 19 through 23. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared, you guessed it, in a dream, <laughs> in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who were seeking the child's life are dead. And then Joseph got up and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after having been warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. And there he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So two more dreams, right? Two more dreams with God's word embedded in them for Joseph. Two more dreams directing Joseph to a new place in his life and to a new place physically. A new beginning for Joseph and Mary and the child Jesus. As Matthew tells us, this willingness of Joseph to follow God's guidance opens up new life for his family, for Jesus, then a child, and now our Savior. It opens up new possibilities for the whole world because Joseph was willing to listen, this righteous one. So this morning, that's our prayer, that we might be guided by God, that we might be open whether these words come to us in a dream or a sermon or a scripture or a song or a news report or a word from one another, or that we might be open to guidance and to a new place that will mean life for ourselves and for others.